Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by the gorgeous, the fascinating, the brilliant Meredith. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. Just getting ready to say good riddance to 2019. <laughs> oh my God, burn it with fire. But Salt the earth. What are your, maybe this is too personal of a question, so feel free to pivot towards like general sure. uh, answers. Do you have goals for 2020? Do you have a vision board? Um, I mean, my vision board is a bunch of pictures of Scandinavian fjords. Oh. Um, I want to bring the energy of that <laughs> level of, of like sort of beautiful peace, uh, to sure. like, you know, that's the level of tranquility I'm aspiring to. Um, but also maybe several pictures of, you know, I want to, I want to crush some, some enemy. I don't know, have, Ooh. I don't know if I have the enemy yet, but I really need to do some crushing in 2020. It's good to have an enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, no, my, my big goal is to, not go insane thanks to election coverage yes same i we're gonna get to this obviously in the bad news section but did you even watch the debate no because the <laughs> patriot act ho <laughs> holiday party was that <laughs> night so i was doing fireball shots through an ice luge honestly i'm so proud of both <laughs> of us i uh, i was at I was doing a stand-up show. Yeah, good for you. You were partying, and neither of us watched the debates. Oh yeah, but we're still going to talk about it in a very general way. But that is part of my self-care as well. I'm not watching any of these fucking stupid debates. Which, listen, you might be like Allison, but you host a podcast that talks about politics. Maybe you should watch the debates. I disagree. Mm, I mean, same. I I am with you on this. I think that there. Are could be some value in a few of them later, but we've already done how many of these fuckers? Yeah, I, I'm not going to watch all of the debates that run up to the debates that actually maybe yeah. matter a well, little bit. Also, because the DNC is doing such bullshit gatekeeping and keeping people who are like legitimately deserve to be a part of the conversation mm -hmm. uh, because it will make the ultimate nominee stronger and better uh like they're not in so we're not actually getting a full yeah. accounting of what what's happening here but listen gentle listener we're in the pop culture section we're not going to talk about politics right now i wanted to make a quick holiday scheduling announcement this is going to be the last light treason news until we get back after uh new year's so just fyi nobody panic nobody send me um frantic tweets where are the new episodes um, your girl needs to take a little vacay. So she deserves it, guys. Thank she you works so hard. So much. Uh, so we will be back in the new year with new episodes, new weekly recaps. But while we are in the pop culture section right now, I obviously I want to talk about the Watchmen finale. Oh, so good. And listen, I'm going to talk about some spoilers. So if you are not caught up on Watchmen, here is your opportunity. Skip ahead to the music cue and just listen to your bad news, good news. Um, but I did. I don't think there's a way to talk about it without spoiling. No, you can't. So let's talk about fucking Watchmen. I think it was pretty damn near close to perfect. Yep, I would agree. Um, I, so I truly think my favorite episode was the moment that Angela 
grabs a bunch of guns and runs out to confront the clan is one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. If you're going to give a character <laughs> that superhero, like, all right, fuck it, I'm just going to go take on all of the bad guys at one time, it needs to be as iconic as that uh, was. But it was so moving because I feel like that love story between uh, Angela and Cal, who we find out is Dr. actually Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, is so rich and beautiful and the idea of knowing your romance is doomed but doing it anyway yeah because <laughs> you love each other so much and then oh my god the line it, look is it cheesy yes but when he says this is the moment i mm. fell in love with you i'm like oh my god it's so good Regina's just next level no, good. She's just a queen. I was a little disappointed because I felt like once Dr. Manhattan became the focus of the last few episodes, she lost, I felt like she lost agency in terms of mm. forward momentum that was really about dealing with her own familial, like generational trauma. Mm. But she's still great. It just felt like she was reactive instead of internalized like instead of like having her own journey which I guess I can I mean I'm still gonna I'm still fine with because I think that they ultimately pay it off and they do like make it work but I I think it would have been nice if they could have found a way to braid things together a little bit more although I'm just not sure if that's the sort of thing that's possible so I'm I'm it's especially not possible in how many episodes was it? Nine, sorry, nine. Nine. Episodes. I mean, that is bananas. Yeah. Considering all of the things they tackled and uh, storylines and political events, mm-hmm. it was a lot that they packed into nine yeah. episodes. That last, the reason I say it's near to perfect is that last episode is bananas rushed. Uh, yes. But it's also like Lady True could have her own show. Yeah. That's how complicated that character is. Mm-hmm. And they just don't have fucking time to devote to. All of the the rich subtext and text that is happening in the well, moment. You know, it's like, oh, great, we're using this text that had an enormous chunk of of its history related to the Vietnam War, and now we're going to tell a story that's based on it, that's based in America's history of racism. Mm-hmm. Like, there, like you have two amazing potential storylines that deal that could deal with white America's racist mm-hmm. violence. And of course, it's going to be shortchanged because you couldn't you right. could barely start scratching the surface before you immediately had so much more than you could ever address. Like I read one piece that said, you know, Watchmen shouldn't get a second season, mm. but if it does, it should be about Vietnam. I agree. I would like there to not be a second season. Same, same. I think it is as perfect as we're going to get right now. I love the cliffhanger ending of, <laughs> I mean, obviously Angela is the new Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. But I love not knowing. Uh, I love the quick cutaway from her about to walk on the water in the pool. Um, and I, d- I really like Damon Lindelof's answer to, is there going to be a, a second season? Yeah. Which is, he's like, I would love to hand the reins to somebody else. Yeah. In the way that he took, violently took the reins from Alan Moore, who was screaming and clinging to the reins the entire (laughs) time and saying, I curse you, I curse you, I curse you. I like that Damon Lindelof has this attitude where he's like, listen, 
somebody else can probably tell this story better than I just told it. Yeah. So please take it from me. Actually, I would love to have somebody who's actually a person of color or a woman to. to That's like what he said. He's like, I'm yeah. sure they they could do a much better job telling mm-hmm. this story than I did, which I think is a the right attitude yeah. to have. He was very humble going into this mm-hmm. whole endeavor, and I think he needed to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not an accident that the best episode of the season is the one that uh, the history, the backstory of Hooded Justice, and was written by Court, Court Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, Again, very smart putting Cord Jefferson in that writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you get a show of that quality. Yeah. Um, but uh, to credit Damon Lindelof, he immediately recognized that he needed to do that. He's yeah. like, I, a white man, cannot tell this story. <laughs> that would be insane of me to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be very, very bad. Um, also, side side note, just uh, Ari Cord Jefferson, if you ever need to, if you ever wonder can I get out of the shitty merry-go-round of, of uh, bullshit hot takes that I've been forced to exist in? Just be as brilliant as Cord Jefferson. And yes, there yes, you, you can. Just be <laughs> as brilliant as Cord Jefferson. That's all we ask of all of you every yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, so Watchmen loved it, loved every moment of it. One of the best shows of the last decade, I would say, easily. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that in the absolute last days of uh 2019 we got one of the best shows of the decade what a gift what a gift and i was a little asshole every step of the way i was (laughs) like why are they remaking this the trailer looks stupid i don't understand what's happening ew damon lindelof uh and then it was one of the best things i've ever seen (laughs) i was like wow i'm a little jerk faced Son of a bitch. Yeah. That's who I am as a person. We will never have to think about the Zack Snyder Watchmen Ugh. ever again. Burn it with fire. While we're still in 2019, burn Zack Snyder's Watchmen with fire. Yeah. So no children ever have to see it. Never. They will never be subjected to the sex scene. Oh, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You piece of shit. I hate him. Yeah. Uh, why do nobody ever talks about how we need to protect the children from Zack Snyder? I mean, because if we did, we'd have to accept that the entire, uh, well, that the people responsible for the DC universe miscalculated from the start, although we always knew that was <laughs> the truth. We conceded that point. Yeah, exactly. A while ago. Uh, so also in recommendations, I just saw Don't Fuck With Cats. Okay, yeah. Uh, and this is like a very complicated recommendation because I have to say, uh, huge trigger warnings for not just violence against uh, people, because obviously uh, it's a documentary about uh, a killer mm-hmm. who posted snuff films on the internet. So uh, trigger warning for violence against a human being, but also trigger warning uh, for violence against animals, because before he killed a person and put the video on uh, the internet, he killed cats. So I will say that the documentary is edited in a very tasteful way where we don't see the uh, the murders themselves, but we do see him, for example, putting little kittens in plastic bags and straddling a young man who is tied to his bed. So there are like very upsetting images. Yeah. <laughs> so huge trigger warning for that reason. But it's it's a three-part documentary that's really well-paced, really smart, fascinating. Uh, not just because it's a sort of whodunit and it's the best and the worst of the internet. The worst, obviously, being that uh, this guy posted snuff videos. Mm-hmm. But also that these incredibly motivated internet sleuths found him. Yeah. Is incredible and thrilling to watch, like, how they did it. Uh, but also, it sort of asks larger questions, not just about fame, but about the audience who's watching this documentary. 
they also get into that where they're like, and why are you so fascinated by yeah. this? Yeah, I mean, I've, I like that. I haven't I haven't seen it, but I am fascinated by anything that actually forces the viewers to think about this. It's the it's the Werner Herzog and Grizzly Man. He's like, you should destroy this. Yeah. Never, I mean, ever show it to anyone. Truly, one of our talking heads looks at the camera at the end and she goes, and it's you too. You're, you're part of the problem. Like, we we also have to examine our role in all of this as well, which I like and is challenging as a viewer. Um, but yeah, I think it's really well done, really good production value, wild story. Because I, I remember, do you remember when the, the cat videos surfaced? I don't think so. Okay, It was a big deal on Facebook and people were like, who is this fucking guy? They were trying to find out who he yeah. was. I remember the cat videos going up. Then I remember him, he killed somebody, right? Uh, a man. Uh, and then I remember there was a, a manhunt for him, and then I remember they caught him, but I sort of never had the full narrative in my head about, like, what happened exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were aspects of it that I never knew about that I learned while watching the documentary that are even more wild. So, yeah, I say give it a watch. Ooh, if, all right. if you're not horribly upset by all of the trigger warnings I just issued as well, because it is, I was like watching it at work and fully crying. Oh, my God. At, at certain points. Um, so it it is upsetting, but it's well done. All right. You got any recommendations? Um, You know, I do. In absolute trash that I think oh, I is worth uh, checking out, especially if you have an HBO Go or Now account, uh, Unfriended Dark Web. Yes. It is the sequel to the uh, uh, movie Unfriended, which was a sort of vaguely supernatural but amazing uh, movie that with a stupid but great conceit. That's uh, the entire screen. It takes place entirely on a computer screen. Mm-hmm. So... People are on Skype, they're Facebook chatting. It's like you're doing this, you're watching a screen share. And in the first one, a bunch of friends are haunted by a girl who's committed suicide and picked off one by one. And in this one, a group of friends is picked off one by one while trying to investigate the source of some very disturbing videos Mm. uh, that are uh, being traded and sold on the dark web. I'm realizing now that I have only seen Unfriended, which I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, I mean, if if you love idiots (laughs) uh, getting in over their heads and then watching shit go weird, you are gonna love this i'm gonna love it uh yeah i did watch that yesterday and i i really enjoyed it uh and i'm ashamed that that's the kind of that's the level my brain was operating on you know don't feel shame if your brain needs to just watch dumb shit needs to watch dumb shit let it yeah i mean that's why i spent most of thursday knitting in my office at the office uh watching love actually because there was no work to be done uh so (laughs) a friend of mine was asking Twitter if she should watch Love Actually. And I was like, I mean, you shouldn't, but you should, because it, as dumb and bad as it is, and it is very Very dumb dumb. and very bad and very problematic. Having said that, it's also weirdly culturally important, because I feel like it's been just lampooned and roasted so much. She's also, like, a comedy person, so I'm like, you should probably watch this just for, like, fuel, Mm -hmm. and also, like, understanding references, because it is referenced so much in the comedy community, because it is, um, you know, rife for parody. Oh, in so many ways. So, uh, finally, in the recommendation section... Actually, I have so many recommendations. We just don't have time. I'll save them. Okay. Uh, Sounds good to me. I saw A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Aww. Mm, I'm going to say it's an anti-rec for Hmm. me. Uh, It's fine. 
Um, I, I truly like felt nothing the whole time. I just wanted to shout out the little girl who, her parents brought her to this movie. I, I think not quite understanding what it was. Yeah. Thinking it was just more Mr. Rogers oriented. It's way more about the journalist who covered yeah. him and, and his disastrous life, which is not appropriate for kids. Um, but <laughs> she, before the movie played, there was a trailer for Cats. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the trailer was over, she screamed, I will be seeing that. And I thought that was the funniest thing <laughs> I had ever heard. And then she kept heckling the movie. Like, characters would just be doing something and she'd be like, why are they doing that? I don't like him. And she was very insightful and cutting in a way that I was like, it took me out of the movie, but in a way that I really, really appreciated. That's nice. So I anti-wreck A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and I wreck that little girl uh, heckling it yeah. the whole time. Oh, I would recommend all of the Cats reviews. Oh, yes. Not Cats themselves. Like, not the movie itself. Just every single review that rips it to shreds and makes it sound like... Should we read some right now? Uh, yeah, we should. Okay. Um, while I'm bringing up some cats reviews, um, I just want to say you're probably wondering, um, Allison, when is your cats reviews uh, coming? Uh, it will be coming after the holidays because I'm going to see cats and Star Wars during the break. Um so let's see if I can even read this because I don't have a Washington Post. The Los Angeles Times had a good one, I think. Did they? they? Yeah. But <laughs> uh, there's so many to choose from that it is hard to say which is the funniest. I, I've been really enjoying watching reviewers lose their minds on Twitter. Um, yes, I, uh, is a horror and an occasional hoot. Oh. <laughs> so... As Meredith said, this is from the L.A. Times. Um, oh, God. I can't even look at Judy Dench in the makeup. Yes. I was the, uh, there, let, can I read it? Because I'm so excited yes. about it. There is a strange scene. Okay. There are many strange scenes <laughs> near the end of Cats. The flailing feline phantasmagoria coming soon to a movie theater and or shroom party <laughs> near you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Um <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, God. There's just, it's just hard to do this. The, uh, yeah, it's it's just incredible. Yeah, if you haven't been on Twitter, I would highly recommend just looking up film critics trying to review it because it's a lot of, like, bumbling sort of, I just, I don't, I don't know where to start. Why did they do this? <laughs> Why? Did you see they're trying to release a fixed version? <laughs> they're like, because the CGI looks so bad, they're like rushing to try to fix it. And well, yeah, there were several places where they were just straight up rendering errors. There's at least one cat that didn't end up with fur. <laughs> Everyone's like, get to the movie now, quick, before they fix it. <laughs> it's like, they're not going to fucking fix it. There's, It is unsalvageable. Do you think, let's get into some Cats conspiracy theories. Ooh, I like this. Do you think the entire movie Cats is a producer's mm. level hustle? As in the the plot line from the producers, mm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is they are just trying to dump this thing because it's sort of like a money grifting. Uh, I think that it was a it was a more basic like some of the funnier bullshit elements from the movie The Player. You know that mm. it, there's a real sort of like the eels are on cocaine kind of thing. Like everybody was just okay. Ha- they just have bad ideas. The 
reminiscent of when in the 90s someone that one producer said can't hear it tell me played by julia roberts like that level of stupidity deciding to go in for ip and finally making it and then just recognizing that people are going to see it anyway because it's a yeah. star-studded extravaganza i think they got lucky that it's as bad as it is and that i like, think yes now i think people are going to go see it just to see how bad it is yeah. i still think they'll lose a huge amount of money yeah uh, but i think They'll make more money than if it had just been okay. I mean, uh, yeah, exa- I think that's true. It, it's just upsetting because, like, we're going to have to deal with, like, our 2019 is going to be a year where Cats makes a lot of money. Certainly more mm-hmm. than it should, given its quality. For sure. And the Joker made a ton of money. Oh, yeah. And the Joker might win an Oscar. Yeah. Whereas, like, the cat, the Cats, uh, whereas Cats won't win anything. No. But it will just be in the cultural. Yeah, uh, we'll just have now know this. Ever. And I mean, we knew this was going to happen. Like, of course. This was as inevitable. soon as I saw what a freak show it was. I was like, oh, I not only am I going to go see mm-hmm. this. This is all anybody's going to talk about for months. Yeah. I got really disappointed. I think that if this what is more worrisome is that this potentially leads to a Starlight Express movie. Mm, now yeah. I wasn't aware of the existence of Starlight Express other than sort of it's the one it's the Andrew Lloyd Webber one on roller skates <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's about horny trains yes um, that want to fuck I'm girl trains I'm going to lie to you <laughs> I will see it when it comes <laughs> out um, but and that's deranged in a way I could at least get behind yeah what's wrong with him have we ever talked about what's wrong with Andrew Lloyd Webber? Uh, no. I mean, we have not. But What the don't. hell's going on? Yeah. And I guess the backstory of Starlight Express is that he really wanted to make a Thomas the Train Engine okay. musical. But if but but what if get he the fucked? But yeah, it's like Thomas fucked? the Train Engine, but if they fucked. Yeah. Um, I do a great Andrew Lloyd Webber impersonation, <laughs> you guys, and that's it. Thomas the Engine, but what if he fucked? Uh, and that's Starlight Express. Yeah, I, I'm going to see Cats tomorrow question mark i think that's when i'm seeing it so if you follow me on twitter um my ranting and coherent thoughts will be there i'm sure as soon as i get out of the movie so check me there and guys that's enough of the pop culture it's that time of the show let's all hold hands and cry here's your bad news Can you imagine being inspired by Amy Klobuchar? No. Me either. Should we just immediately move on? Uh, Yeah. Apparently, there were people claiming that the last debate was her, like, moment where she supposedly crushed it. Um, I don't know. Did the deck on that story say the moderates are back? (laughs) Where did they go? Were they ever gone? Oh, they roared back. That is not... Buddha Judge, no. under fire, held his own. Biden was much sharper, which is a low bar. Uh, but Klobuchar stole the show. Oh, God. I'm Matt sorry. Lewis, you bad. As a, as a Midwesterner and someone who, you know, well, I'm from Wisconsin and not Minnesota, but Amy Klobuchar is like the mom who purports to be liberal but is real real uncomfortable with your gay friend coming over if they're gonna be wearing that eyeliner didn't someone say that on twitter where they're like she's the mom who would like terrifyingly corner you in the the kitchen after a sleepover and be like so 
how's school going? And you'd be like, oh, no. But she has, like, that energy where you would yeah. be like, yikes. And I know I'm not supposed to say stuff like that because sexism. And feminism. But, like, and it's 2020. Almost. But I'm sorry. Like, she's a character from Serial Mom that Kathleen Turner would absolutely fuck with. 100%. And we're allowed to say that. We're women. Yeah. So don't tweet me. I won't have it. Um, also, it's Amy fucking Klobuchar. Yeah. Let's uh, let's skip the debates because who cares? Um, you want to talk about Jane Lynch? <laughs> uh, could this have been a joke? No, no, no. no. Uh, I think she's low key a horrible person. Like, and I'm not just saying this because they're both lesbians with short hair. Ellen, I get oh. strong Ellen vibes from Jane Lynch, and everybody's like, but she's so nice and she like she's very funny, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So is Ellen. Ellen's very funny, but. I think low-key terrible person because she made a lot of money and now she's like, why are all the pores coming for me? Made, and a, made a lot of money as the exceptional minority or the exceptional right. lesbian. And so, of course, has very little sympathy or sense of class solidarity because they bootstrapped it. Right, exactly. Um, so I mostly wanted to talk about Jane Lynch because of the wine caves thing that everybody was talking about. Oh, oh. So... Uh, there was a lot of criticism aimed at Pete Buttigieg uh, because of comments that were made during the Democratic debate. Um, and specifically that, what did Pete Buttigieg hold like an event? He held a you know, fundraiser in Napa in a wine, in a with billionaires, billionaires in wine, wine cave. cave. Yeah. You're probably like, what the fuck is a wine cave? Well, billionaires have so much money that they just have caves that they store wine in. Although also... That is how wine gets aged when it's being. They so like actual it, yeah. vineyards will like the wine cave is an essential portion of yeah, your sure. thing. But, but fancy ones, you know, like a billionaire could have their own wine cave. This could have been I, I didn't see if it was at a vineyard or not. But, you know, as a yeah, I'm just going to you know, I'm standing up for the wine here, not the billionaires. Thank you, Meredith. No one has been brave enough to do that yet. So Jane Lynch hops on Twitter because no one stopped her, apparently. And was tweeting specifically about uh, Elizabeth Warren um, and uh, Elizabeth Warren's attacks against Pete Buttigieg. And she said, billionaires and wine caves have as much right to say who gets to be president as waitresses and diners and plumbers in my bathroom. Yeah, the problem is, is that they have a billion more opportunities than the waitress or the plumber. Yeah, and it, it's just bizarre to me that you would... She called class warfare ugly. And it's interesting to me that the ugly aspect she sees is, like, mild criticism and not the fact that, like, millions of people are getting locked up in jail and, like, poor people are dying because they can't afford insulin. Yeah. That's not the ugly part of class warfare to Jane Lynch. That's why I don't think it was a joke. Like, that's very earnest. Class war is ug ugly. Yeah, I guess you know? that's true. Like, yeah. if she had just said, like, the first part where it's like, hey, billionaires and wine caves has, have as much rights yeah. as plumbers. Then it she could, could be, be like, she could be doing a Christopher Guest cheek. bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But class war class warfare is ugly is so earnest. It makes me think that she was actually upset by it. I'm sorry. No, like, that's not how this works. It's also just fascinating to me because I'm like, man, if you think this is class warfare, just fucking wait. Because you're not going to be able to handle what's coming, Jane Lynch. Oh, no. This oh, is the boy. Yes, it turns out that mild criticism is <laughs> the same as being a Nazi. Exactly. It's exactly the same thing. Look it up. Open a history book. You know, my, my response to anyone saying class war is ugly is, fuck you, pay your taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, pay your taxes, Jane fucking Lynch. Also, 
let's build a guillotine. Yeah. Maybe if we build the guillotine, suddenly the mild criticism won't seem that bad to them. Where they're like, no, no, go back, go back to just saying like, um, go back to saying things during the debate. Yeah. Because the guillotine's scaring me. <laughs> uh so also in bad news let's talk about jk rowling let's talk about another white lady who should not have been on twitter thanks for ruining my annual christmas harry potter marathon jk (sighs) jk what is wrong with you did you see that tweet about comparing jk to twilight lady no we're basically just like so everybody shits on twilight Mm -hmm. and says how bad it is yeah but actually now in almost 2020 twilight lady is so much less problematic than jk rowling who can't shut the fuck up on twitter and is a ugly ass turf and like saying horribly transphobic shit um but yeah so she recently tweeted in support of maya uh force Forsetter, I think. Forsetter, a researcher at the Center for Global Development whose contract was not renewed due to her publicly stated belief that a trans woman is not a woman. And not just a publicly stated belief as in the way that you can get away with it in in America, saying that it's like part of your religion. Like consistently making bigoted, insensitive comments that dismissed the humanity. Like, And this was pointed out that like after repeated attempts to address the issue and ask her to like treat like to use the desired pronouns that her coworker had or her colleague had requested had like you know repeatedly been really cruel uh like then they were like you are not coming back and she decided that that was against you know that her her beliefs were being disrespected which, which is bullshit it's like okay but then you can't work here Mm-mm. so like you can do that but then the consequence of that is you go bye-bye yeah <laughs> but i wanted like, to talk about i wanted to unpack uh rowling's tweet because i actually had a few people who follow me uh, respond and say like but i don't understand like what's wrong with what she mm-hmm. said so let's unpack it because i feel like this is a strategy um employed by a lot of turfs which it can ostensibly seem harmless but when you actually think about it for a second it's like oh actually this is super super toxic and cruel so jk rowling tweeted dress however you please call yourself whatever you like sleep with any consenting adult who will have you live your best life in peace and security but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real hashtag i stand with maya so let's talk about that first of all this is something that turfs you a lot we're not just talking about dressing however you please <laughs> we're talking about like there are real brutal consequences to transphobia up to and including if you are a trans person losing your job um being misgendered constantly which can be like horrible for your mental health um and leads to higher suicide rates being murdered for mm-hmm. being transphobic we're not talking about like dressing however you please yeah we're, these are like real human rights we're talking mm-hmm. about and turfs like to misdirect by sort yeah. of being like you know hey i'm just saying live however you want to live but yeah. don't force me and it's like no, no no you're centering yourself as the victim in all of this when actually you're the one misgendering people and causing real harm to human beings yeah. <laughs> also we're not even like the the idea that this is just about whether or not sex is real is yeah. just like such an ugly conflation of of sex and gender. And, you know, there's a reason why we say people are assigned male or female at birth. Right. Like this is not we're not discussing what exists in someone's chromosomes. The problem is that this woman just like 
was insisting that what showed up on somebody's in somebody's DNA is more important than like the way that their brain, their life, right. and their their they are made up as a person. You also, know, that this is that is the only thing that can possibly determine right. who a person is. Also, turfs conveniently never talk about intersex people, right? Because it just doesn't fit into their narrative, where they're like, "You are either male or female," and intersex people are like, "Um, hello." It's way more complicated than that, actually. Yeah. Um, and also, sex and gender are not the same thing, obviously. Uh, and gender, as we're finding out more and more by people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about, is incredibly fluid and complicated. And TERFs are just antiquated people who are freaking out by mm -hmm. changing times. Well, <laughs> and insisting that somehow there is, you know, and I, I consistently love, and of course, uh, you know, one of the century's greatest assholes, Ricky Gervais, is out here spreading the lies about how this is, you know, transness is about men appropriating another women's space and and disrespecting them and you know threat the, the idea mm -hmm. that anyone who's a trans woman is actually like in there to commit violence or uh you know to damage real quote-unquote women and it's very telling that trans women are are targeted way more aggressively than trans men it, it reminds me of you know the early days of the gay rights movement how gay men were mm -hmm. centered way more than gay women because there is is a panic surrounding obviously trans women are women but for turfs and transphobic people they see them as cis men dressing up pretending yep. to be women when of course that's not the case but it's very telling that there's that same kind of panic mm -hmm. um and we'll look back on all of this turf shit in the same way in a decade and be like wow that's fucking embarrassing that your intellectual hero was ricky gervais like, did that not set off warning bells for you? <laughs> that it was Ricky Gervais who you were following as your intellectual uh, messiah? You would think at some point it would be like, geez, maybe we're on the wrong side of history here. And also, I just don't understand. And I think that there's, there are consequences for cruelty. Yeah. And there should be consequences for cruelty. And the idea that there is, that, you know, and this is why everybody is so upset. And I, of course, have was too old to be one of the people who's like been obsessed with Harry Potter forever, even though I do know that I'm a Slytherin. Um, Same. And so is JK Rowling now, apparently, uh, but we reject her. We don't want no, her. In she's Slytherin. not welcome. Uh, that, you know, the, she made, she became a billionaire off of writing a story that was about, you know, or she liked to say was about like being a misfit and triumphing and kindness and, you know, mm -hmm. recognizing that there aren't, you know, Nazi Ubermensch types and yet like, or, and they don't deserve to win. And now she's, she had a whole word on the for side. Yeah. That sort of ugly intolerance, which was mudbloods. Mm -hmm. And now here she is fucking accusing everyone of being mudbloods. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. like, you, uh, it's so painful to see somebody become the thing that they claim to have hated. Yeah. Although, to be fair, this is another example where you're just like, okay, well, you are not, you got very lucky and you're not that smart. And so now we are seeing the limits of your ability you to, had to like, one do good society idea. analysis. You had one good idea that you really ran with and good for you. You worked very hard. And, you know, she said good things when, when the books first came out about being on welfare and needing to support mm -hmm. poor people. And it seemed like she was a good person. Yeah. But then, yeah, man, just too too much uh, time on the internet revealed that yeah. she's actually uh, a bad person. Mm -hmm. So, uh, gross. Yep. Don't be a turf. Turfs suck. Uh, do we have time to talk about ice? I don't know. It depends on how much we're talking about ice. All right. Well, I wanted to talk about specifically there's this story 
the Huffington Post uh, by Sarah Ruiz Grossman about how ICE is collecting data from adults who are picking up their migrant kids from shelters. Uh, which is worrisome. That is not okay. It's a secret plan by Stephen Miller, villain Stephen Miller, uh, and federal agents could gather information to target migrants for deportation, obviously, is the concern with that. Um, but isn't it so cool that the United States is uh, stealing people's children? Oh, yeah. We're stealing them, and then we're using the children as leverage to find ways to, like, identify people they need to get, they want to get rid of. Guys, yeah. the United States is Slytherin. And once again, as two Slytherin ambassadors, we reject the United States. We don't want them in House Slytherin. I mean, these are the, they're the, like, ICE is like the gobblers. Yeah, ICE is the gobblers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, ever since... I gave Allison the His Dark Materials books. It feels especially relevant to discuss guys. all of the bad guys in the U.S. government as if they were the bad guys in uh, The Golden Compass. Truly the reason I haven't been recommending in the recommendation uh, section of the show every time the Golden Compass series is because I'm waiting to finish the last book so I can do a huge recommendation for all three books and His Dark Materials, even though I've already recommended that in the show. But yes, I am obsessed with the books. They're so good. Yeah, I'm just saying like you... Yes, and the bad guys in the... People love to get into the Harry Potter stuff. I feel like we have not spent enough time making analogies to his dark materials with under the current administration because between the religious oligarch elements to it of the magisterium yep. to the gobblers to the weird vigilantes to the, like it does actually work quite quite well. Like and you know Yes, and also just like the... And the armored bears running around. Yeah, the breathtaking cruelty towards small children. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think... This is sort of off topic, but not really. Why do you also think... Also, fuck Stephen Miller. Uh, that guy is the worst, and I hope that he... Who is he yeah. in uh, The Golden Compass? Uh, oh, he's a... Uh, no, you know who he is? Uh, the uh, Metatron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Although that makes him, like, too powerful. He's, like, a weaselly version of Metatron. I mean, but just because he's weaselly doesn't mean he's not super powerful. That's true. So. Um, we why, have seen him, yes. Why do you think the Golden Compass fandom is quieter than the Harry Potter fandom? Because it's too smart and it's anti-religion. Wow, she said it. She said it. That's just true. That is just true, you bunch of dumb fucking Harry Potter fans. <laughs> you dumb, sycophantic. Uh, no, also I because also the Harry books Potter. came out uh, bef like at a time slightly before the internet, and so the generation that fell in love with Harry Potter's children were too young to be reading The Golden Compass at the time that it was is really there, come out. Is there a like, Golden Compass fan fiction? I'm sure there is. Somewhere, yeah, I'm there's sure. There's got to be. But it's, I think that there's like a combination of the timing and the fact that its messages are... Uh, genuinely anti-establishment as opposed to very like you're a special boy um right. that it makes a difference right interesting okay uh guys oh, yeah. ice is fascist fuck ice fuck ice um and yeah fuck ice read the golden compass uh here's your good news <laughs> I suppose we have to put in the good news section that the House voted to impeach Trump. Woohoo! Even though, obviously, the Senate is going to shoot it down. Yep. Even.
even though he's not going to get uh, forced out of office, but I do say, and I've said this since the beginning, it is an important historical precedent that he was impeached by the House. And y- the good news is that you know every day until he fucking dies, that is going to drive Trump nuts that the House impeached him. Yes. And yes. he hates Pelosi like fire. And he, uh, it's just going to torture him until he's dead. It may ultimately end up not meaning anything from a practical standpoint, but it is important to get excited about norms being upheld. Yes. And it's a permanent, you know, black mark on his record and a really, really upset mm. Trump, as we One, saw by his yeah. unhinged ranting and the mm. letter he sent around multiple page letter six pages six pages that's how fucking upset he was and he sent it to everyone Mm -hmm. so obviously uh you know he's losing sleep over it so yeah i mean now forever and ever and ever in a way that we are guaranteed now that we are safer more than we were before uh, we are going to be able to talk about him forever as a president who was impeached. He was impeached. Is no longer, and that means we were always going to talk about his connections to Russia and his business interests and his thuggish st- styles, like all of the things that we were going to talk about anyway. But now there's a, you know, we have reasons to make it even more. There so. is forever an asterisk next to his name. Yes, third president ever to be impeached. Yes, and he can never, ever, ever erase that. Mm-hmm. He can't hide it like he hides his tax returns. Right, everybody knows it. Everybody will refer to his name in that way moving forward forever in perpetuity. And he knows it, and it is just destroying him. Uh, And so that is, for that reason alone, I put it in the good news section. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Also in the good news section, I wanted to talk about this moment between Meghan McCain and Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, poor Meghan. She got a sad. Oh, no, she's so sad. She was bullied by a, a black woman on TV. So they got into it because they always get into it on the vo- uh, the view. I almost said the voice <laughs> um, because that's what that show does. And uh, Megan McCain was being very rude and like interrupting uh, everybody. <laughs> and finally, Whoopi Goldberg had had enough of it and said, girl, please stop talking. Please stop talking now. Um, and embarrassed Megan McCain. Then Megan McCain takes to Twitter and... <laughs> Uh, she uploads a gif of Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> from Game of Thrones with a, uh, one of her dragons landing behind her. And the caption is, good morning to all the fellow conservative girls, quote unquote, who won't be quiet. And now, obviously, the reason this is hilarious, and I'm sure everyone who has seen Game of Thrones knows this, is that Daenerys Targaryen, uh, at the end of that series, is an unhinged genocidal despot who um, murders a ton of people, including, like, innocent civilians. Yep. So mm, I don't know if, like, Meghan McCain didn't watch Game of Thrones or maybe watched Game of Thrones and got the wrong message from it. I mean, I think we know that's what happened. That is fully what happened. She's like, I like her hair and she has dragons and was, like, not thinking too deeply about that show or what it meant. Um, but it was very, very funny that she likened herself to a genocidal lunatic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean... We know who her father is. So, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, apparently, if Daenerys Targaryen is your hero. Yeah. Uh, Also, I love that a woman whose job is to be one of two conservative women (laughs) on a a daily television show uh, is out here complaining about not 
getting to speak. Yeah, and doesn't other conservative on The View manage to speak all the time and doesn't throw a little uh, bitch fit every every time Whoopi Goldberg is a little stern with her? Uh, yes, but she's also a Mormon, so it's her job to be nice. Oh, true. She is <laughs> genetically programmed. Yeah. Because Mormons are genetically different from us. I'm saying that mm-hmm. on the record on this show. That's okay, right. You can quote me. Please don't Oh, my God. Me. What if what if Meghan McCain is low-key like getting ready to announce a campaign of genocide against the Mormons like they did in the 1800s? <laughs> <laughs> she's so like gonna, funny she's gonna she was just doing it to like get the other conservative off the view <laughs> <laughs> she's had enough she's taking her dragons and she's like she's gonna lay waste to uh abby huntsman's tribeca apartment oh my god that's so funny so obviously i'm putting that in the good news section because megan mccain every time she embarrasses herself on twitter it makes me giggle um so i also wanted to talk about Uh, A couple stories about some conservatives turning against Trump. There was the story about um, a Christian magazine calling for Trump's removal from office. Uh, The big Christian magazine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I forget what it's called. Let's say Christian Today. Christian Today. um, It's... Oh, it's Christianity Today. I was joking. You were so (laughs) close. Good job. Uh, So this is an evangelical magazine founded by the late Reverend Billy Graham. So it's like the big Christian magazine. And not not a, yeah, definitely not a a sideline sort of niche publication. Billy Graham is exactly a big deal. Yeah. So um, they published this editorial arguing that he should be removed from office because of, quote unquote, his blackened moral record. So then Trump tweeted that Christianity Today, quote unquote, would rather have a radical left non-believer who wants to take your religion and your guns than Donald Trump as your president. Yeah. (laughs) Which it's sort of like, looks like that. Yeah. Also, last time I checked, Donald Trump, not exactly the most religious of characters. Um... You're just mm. saying that because of the abortions and the rapes and the multiple marriages and wanting to fuck his daughter. The general, yeah, the general hatred of poor people and people sure. of color and, you know, prizing of profit over humanity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jezebel also has this article about how, or this column about how a handful of Republicans have formed a club just to complain about Trump. Oh my God. Uh, Which is very funny. But the reason I'm putting this all in the good news section is it does seem like there is a growing consensus among Republicans that uh, Trump has been a fucking disaster. Yeah. Well, I mean, it took them long enough. It's been three years. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. A lot of them knew that before he became the front runner. Like, let's not forget Lindsey Graham tweeted. He was like, he will be a fucking disaster. And then he immediately had a backpedal on that when it was clear that he was going to be the nominee, yeah. obviously. Because, you know, Republicans are good about getting behind their their guy once they've been clearly yeah. chosen, you know. Um, but a lot of conservatives knew that he was going to be a fucking disaster. But they were so spineless and cowardly that they didn't stick to their beliefs and now look at what fucking is happening third impeached president ever oh and you know it's just like guys this is what like you should have known that this was going to happen you were too interested in power and the idea that you think that people are going to come to their senses now when they've seen you know the the bloodlust and the visceral excitement that people feel when trump decides to start getting up in in somebody's face for being Mm -hmm. mean like they feel that uh, very, very, like, strongly. Right. 
So there was this New York Times op-ed written by conservatives George T. Conway III, Stephen Schmidt, John Weaver, and Rick, N Rick Wilson, members of a group calling themselves the Lincoln Project. Oh, God. Uh, which asked broadly conservative or classically liberal politicians to impeach Trump and fight his reelection. So obviously, I'm not saying like uh, we should trust these people. Yeah, <laughs> as far as we could throw them, because as Meredith rightly pointed out, where the fuck have you been, bros? Like, why were you not upset when he was putting babies in cages? Yeah. Like and now you're just—they're mad because now they're embarrassed. Yeah. Also, let's not forget that George Conway—that's uh, Kellyanne's husband. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know he's been too busy playing his weird. Twitter sex games mm -hmm. with her, like yelling Very back and forth. Sexy. Steve Schmidt is the like, I mean, he's the bald Hot. guy on oh, MSNBC, okay. mm -hmm. and I think like Rick Wilson was a George W. Bush guy. Like these are people that were perfectly happy with a lot of bullshit when they were on the inside, and they are still reaping the massive benefits of mm -hmm. being politically connected and supporting politicians and policies that have fundamentally undermined democracy and their, our social fabric. So the yes. idea is like, how am I supposed to care about what you're saying when now you say that you have great concern for integrity and the safety of our nation? As long as you were benefiting from it you didn't have a problem at all and that's why i think now the only reason they're mad is they are embarrassed by the association yeah and it's not caring about his blackened moral record it's not caring about as i said babies in cages or or xenophobia or racism or any of it it's that i don't want to be in the history books as having supported this embarrassing legacy. Yeah. So now in the, the last hour, I'm going to try to distance myself and it's like, it's too fucking late guys. Yeah. But the reason I'm putting it in the bad news section is <laughs> I think it's very funny that conservatives are now frantically trying to jump ship when it is fully too late. Yeah. So may they all go down together. Indeed. Yay. Uh, Meredith, what are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to eating a lot of cheese when I get back to Wisconsin, which is Hell something yes, that I have to say is, is very nice. Mm -hmm. um, I am. Uh, what other things am I looking forward to? What about 2020? You got any big like visions for yourself? Where you're like, I'm excited to do blank in 2020. Let's see. Uh, well, I'm excited to uh, to actually do a little traveling in 2020 because mm -hmm. that is something that I was not I was a little too busy to take care of mm -hmm. um, this year. Sam, I yeah. was just looking. I have accrued a lot of miles, and mm. I was like, mm, I should go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking about that. Mm. I am, you know, I'm pining for the fjords, so I may actually get myself to like Scandinavia, interesting, um, which could be lo really lovely. I am very excited to. Uh, well, I'm excited to. Do a little bit more class war stuff, which I think is very good. Important. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch uh, the Democrats in Wisconsin do a bunch of amazing work to help re-register the 200,000 individuals that were that are about to be purged from the voter rolls thanks yep. to conservative bullshit. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess watching. Well, what other? I don't even know. I feel like I've done nothing but work, sleep. <laughs> Sleep and is important, though. That, yeah. That's one of my things I'm excited 
Uh, I have a, a couple weeks off from work, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to sleep a lot, yeah. and it's going to be great. Um, I am going to finally go and, and read um, the the new, the Golden Compass, the Historic Materials, the Philip Pullman um, prequel that is out. Ooh. So that is something that I'm going to do over the break, which I'm pretty psyched for. Um, Can yeah. I borrow that after you're done? Of course. Thank you. <laughs> I love that you've just kept me supplied with Golden hey, Compass reading material. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. In 2020, I am going to be pushing... Uh, delicious fantasy novels on you. Yeah, I am into that. 2020, I would like to get a staff writing job on a comedy show. I, I'm excited because uh, I've been doing new stuff in pursuing comedy. I've been doing some stand-up and storytelling Guys, that's been going well. it's in a shocking turn of events. <laughs> Allison's really good at it. Oh my god. Apparently, mm, I'm gifted. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, yeah, it's been going really well. It's been super fun. Uh, I just, uh, I love the community I'm in with comedy, and I feel so lucky that I uh, have supportive people in my life who are cheering me on, which I love and I'm obsessed with and I recommend. Yeah. Surround I mean, yourself by people who support you. Yeah. Don't uh, don't waste time on people that make you feel less than or undermined or anything like that. Cut them out. Get rid of them. Um, and yeah, what else am I looking forward to? Yeah, just tearing it up in 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad because I I don't have, I've tried not to give well, myself too many goals. I feel like in your defense, you have an amazing job. So I feel like your 2020 is sort of like, let's just keep doing what we're doing because this is great. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely looking forward to like continuing to crush it on the professional front Hell and, yeah. uh, you know, being excited about working with brilliant badasses and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Enjoying it. And uh, guys, I want to hear from you. We are on Twitter at Light Treason Pod or hashtag Light Treason Pod. What are your 2020 goals? Uh, what are you excited about in 2020? Um, or if you're not excited, what are just some goals you've made for yourself? Even if it's like, I want to steer clear of politics. <laughs> valid. Fully valid. Hashtag Light Treason Pod. We're, as I said, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, follow us everywhere. Uh, you can follow Meredith on Twitter at Meredith L. Clark. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Kilkenny. I always forget to say my name on the show. I'm just like, mm -hmm. you guys know. You listen to the podcast. You might not know. You might be a casual listener who's like, who's this lady yelling at me? At Allison Kilkenny. Um, yeah, if you want to support the show in 2020, go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button or go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. You can send questions, comments, concerns there, and we will read them if you're a $5 a month member or higher. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you so much for a great year and listening and telling your friends about the show and following us and commenting about the episodes because I can't emphasize this enough. We are in a fugue state when we record this podcast. And Absolutely no idea. Everything we say as soon as I hit stop. So uh, having you quote the show back to us is a joy. Uh, Meredith, thanks for co-hosting so often with me. Hey, you know, I love it. Uh, and have a great trip to Wisconsin. Thank you. Please um, send your parents my love. I will. Thank you so much. And guys, thanks for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause just a little bit of trouble. <laughs>